parenting, we go back in our mind and we think, oh, if I could have done that, if I, I should have done that, if, if, I, if, if, I, if I just could have, would have done that. We, got, we had the privilege of keeping uh, Corbin, Danny Thompson, Kathy Thompson's grandson the other day, me and Dana did. I don't know how it worked out. All the babysitters you've got in your family, and we ended up, me and Dana got to keep Corbin. And it was a privilege. I tell you, I, I had my running clothes on. I was getting ready to go run uh, that morning. And that little baby looked up at me and went, oh. That was it. We took a nap, me and him both. <laughs> we rocked in the rock chair. We took a nap. You know, when, when a baby looks at you and does that, that's, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. And, and you, you think back, oh, if I, if I could have that back with my own babies again. Oh, I should have I done that. I, I, if, if I had the chance back, I, I would. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. We get that in our, in our marriages sometimes. We, you know, we daydream. I, I should have done this. I could have done that. If, if, if we would have had... We get that in our careers or in our school. We lament in our schooling or in our careers sometime. If I could have had this opportunity or, or I should have taken that opportunity if, or if I would have had this offer to me, I would have done something different. What about your Christian life? Do you have any regrets? Have any regrets in your Christian life? Any coulda, shoulda, wouldas work in the kingdom that, that must be done? It's easy to get discouraged. It's, it's easy to get sidetracked. It's, it's easy to lose focus. Take our eyes off Jesus. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt alone in your good works? All the good work that you've been doing and, and you feel like, am I the only one out here? And then start second-guessing everything. Life, faith, God. I want you to understand that as Christians... We worship the God of heaven and earth, and we are not alone. He has not left us alone, and He will help us do the work that's needed to further the borders of the kingdom. The purpose of the good works we could or should or would do are not to buy or earn our salvation. That's not their purpose we could never work our way to heaven. God saves us by His grace, not our works. God saves us by His grace, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But notice verse 10, For we are His workmanship. Notice, created in Christ Jesus, what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We should walk in good works. We should run in good works. Be zealous to do the works of God because God 
gave us Jesus Christ, Titus chapter 2, verse 14, who redeemed us from every lawless deed and purified us as His own special people, zealous for good works. Why could you? Why should you? Why would you do good works for God? Well, because they bring Him glory. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Our light is to so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify God. When, when you act good and do good to unbelievers, they are going to be more receptive to the gospel. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Even in our, even in our close, even family relationships, if, if we'll act good toward, toward those of us that are just immediately around us. Notice, uh, notice in, in 1 Peter, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. Peter goes on, 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life. Life is a gift, isn't it? Life is a gift. And sometimes, many times, we use our gift in doubt, in anger, and coulda, shoulda, wouldas. But when we do good, when we do good, when we do good works, our, our little faith, that little faith that we have, it comes alive. It comes alive. Faith without works is, is dead. It's zombie faith. You, you're... Your, your works without faith or, or your faith without works, you're, you're, you're the walking dead. But alive and healthy faith is a working faith. For when we are doing good works, we are about our Father's business. Just like Jesus. Luke chapter 2 verse 49, Jesus went about doing good. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And, and Jesus asked the question, then and now, Luke chapter 6, verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing for God? What are you doing for the church? What are you doing here? This is the question God asked Elijah in a cave on Mount Horeb. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18 and chapter 19, if you remember last week, Elijah was figuratively on fire. That's what we talked about last week, being on fire. He was figuratively on fire when the prophets and religion of Baal were, were beaten by God on Mount Carmel. Elijah's sacrifice to God was, was all wet and on fire. When fire from heaven came down, it consumed Elijah's altar and offering and, and totally discredited the, the Baal worship that Ahab, the, the seventh king of Israel, that, and, the, and the Israelite people 
were worshiping, but now they knew that, that Baal was not God. He was false and that the Lord, He is God. They knew that now. Elijah told the people to seize the Baal prophets and he took them down to a creek called the Brook Kishon and he executed the false prophets at that brook, at that creek. Because of the sins of the people and because Elijah said so, God had not allowed rain to fall on the land for a long time. But now Elijah tells Ahab down at the the latter end of 1 Kings chapter 18, he tells Ahab to get off the mountain because rain is coming. And it seems like Elijah was on this natural high. That He was on such a high that Ahab, it says, rode a chariot back to the city of Jezreel. But Elijah girded up his loins, 1 Kings 18, verse 46, and he ran ahead. He ran and beat the horse back to the city. That's how, that's how pumped up he was. You know he was full of hope. You ever felt that way? Full of hope for the future. Not only just your personal future, but full of hope for the future of the church. And the people of God. You know Elijah was full of, full of hope, but, but wicked King Ahab, he was married to an even more wicked queen, Jezebel. She was not an Israelite, but was from Tyre along the coast. And she had imported her cult of Baal worship to Israel when she married Ahab. And, and Ahab told Jezebel what Elijah had done. And, Elijah, and Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. Look at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 2. She sent a message to Elijah that said, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow at this time. Jezebel was going to kill Elijah. She was going to kill him. For, for doing God's work. You ever felt like your life as a Christian was lonely? It was a lonely life? You know, when you're alone, you really see who you are. You really find out who you are when you're alone. Let's see what Elijah will do. Let's see what he'll do. It's really time to see if Elijah will step up here. You know, he had just faced 450 Baal prophets and an apathetic Israel, and with God's help, he had won. I mean, he's a strong God. He is pumped up. He's motivated. And now he faces one lone, mean woman. Let's see what he does. Verse 3. When Elijah saw the message... He arose and ran for his life. (laughs) He got out of town. He ran a hundred miles from Jezreel south. He ran a hundred miles from Jezreel in the north to Beersheba in the south, and he left his servant there. Now, what could Elijah have done? What could he have done? Well, he could have had more faith in God, couldn't he? What should he have done? What should Elijah have done? Well, he, he should have stood his ground, shouldn't he? What would have happened? We don't know. We don't know because he ran. He left his servant there and he, he ran another day's journey out into the wilderness, into the middle of nowhere. 
under a, under a, under a broom tree. He ran to this broom tree for shade. He, he prayed to die. You ever wanted to give up? You ever wanted to give up? Knowing you could not, should not, would not end your own life. Have you, have you ever prayed for God to end it for you? Elijah said, verse 4, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Notice now, Elijah was, was alone because he had made himself that way. Sometimes we feel alone, are alone, because, well, we choose to be. Do not complain that you are alone when you choose to be. We read that after he prays to die, Elijah lays down to sleep. Clearly, Elijah's depressed. Sleep helps depression. It really does, but, but too much feeds depression. We've all been under our own broom tree, haven't we? Sometimes, whether we want them to or not, someone will come by and they'll, they'll help us, they'll touch us, won't they? They'll try to do something for us. Elijah had an angel to touch him, to help him. When Elijah, it says, woke up there in chapter 19, when Elijah woke up, there miraculously, verse 6, was, was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. Emotionally exhausted. You ever been there? You've been through a death. You've been through depression. You've been through despair. If not, it'll happen. Eating is good. Elijah ate, drank, laid down again. The angel came back. He told Elijah to eat again because he had a long journey that he had to go on. Physically, a long journey, but also mentally, also emotionally, also spiritually, a long journey. Elijah was about to, about to have to go on. And Elijah ate. And he must have been very strong. It says in verse 8, because Elijah went on the strength of that, of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. He traveled 150 more miles south from near Beersheba to Mount Horeb, which most scholars say is, is the uh, Mount Sinai, the same place that Moses received the Ten Commandments. The mountain of God, verse 8. In verse 9, And there he went into a cave, and he spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here at Fountainhead? What are you doing? Are you about your father's business, doing what you've been created in Christ Jesus for, good works? What could Elijah have said? How could, how should 
How would he reply to God Almighty after such a question? What would you have said? Elijah, verse 10, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. They seek to take my life. And God said in reply, verse 11, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And the way I read this, Elijah, he didn't didn't do that until verse 13 because in verse 12, the Lord passed by and a great wind tore the mountain up. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. And after the fire and the earthquake and the windstorm, after the noise and the terror and the destruction, verse 12, there was a still, small voice. We all have a still, small voice. It's called conscience. And when we see the work of the Lord that needs to be done, and that voice tells us to get busy, we should listen. And if we don't, we should feel ashamed because we sin. James chapter 14, James chapter 4, verse 17. We sin. Verse 13, when Elijah heard the voice, he, he wrapped his, his face in his mantle and he stood at the, at the entrance to the cave. And a voice came to Elijah and asked again, God had gotten Elijah's attention, hadn't he? The voice asked, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? What could, should, would you have said at that moment? What would you answer now? What are you doing here, Fountainhead? What's your answer? Are you busy? Are you doing the work of God? Are you sowing the seed of the kingdom, brother? Are you adding goodness to your knowledge and knowledge to your self-control and self-control to your godliness and to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and to all that love? Are you adding all that to your faith? Elijah answered the same thing he'd answered before. Will you? Will you give God the same old tired answer? Will you give Him that coulda, shoulda, woulda answer? That's what, that's what Elijah gave him. It, you know, it's been asked before. You know, if I could have, I could have gotten involved in if I, I, I should have done blank when asked. I, I, I would do blank if I didn't have to do. Fill in the gaps there. God is about to give Elijah some marching orders. And Elijah has a choice. He's scared. He feels alone. He feels unwanted. He feels unloved. His prayer to die wasn't answered. How would you feel? You ever felt that way? 
You ever had your prayers go unanswered? Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt unworthy? Have you ever felt alone and scared and afraid? Elijah, he's told to anoint Hazel as king of Syria. He's told to anoint Jehu over Israel. He's told to anoint Elisha as prophet in his place. Don't get caught up in the details there. What I'm trying to tell you here is the Lord had a plan. He had it figured out then and He does so today. And we are never alone. We are never alone. Elijah kept telling God he was alone. But God, verse 18, he said, I've got 7,000 who have not bowed to Baal. You may feel alone, but you've been given your marching orders too. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, the Scriptures are designed to lead us to good works. Works that are to be performed in the name of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. We should be rich in good works. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. We should be established in good works. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. We should be fruitful in good works. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. We should be perfect in good works. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21. We should be prepared to do all good works. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. We should abound in good works. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. We should be ready to do any good work. Titus chapter 3, verse 1. We should be careful to maintain good works. Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. And we should provoke each and every one of us to good works. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. We could do these things. We should do these things. We would do these things if only we had the faith enough to do them. Look, I don't mean to slight obedience to God with a human analogy. But you make your deal here. You won't make your deal when you get to heaven. You make your deal here and now with God. When you get to heaven, there won't be any dealing. You've got to obey God here and now. John chapter 14, verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you have, which you heard is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Obeying the gospel. Being baptized. Could you? Yes. Should you? Oh, yes. Would you? What would it take? What would it take? Telling others about Christ. As Christians, we are to, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, 
proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of the darkness into His marvelous light. Could you? Oh, yeah. Should you? Oh, yeah. Will you? Hmm. What would it take? How about being an encouragement? Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Today, now, today, encourage someone, touch the life of someone. Could you? Should you? Will you? How about someone you, you know who's struggling? Instead of talking about them, how about restoring them? Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Could you? Yeah. Should you? Oh, yeah. Will you? Romans chapter 12, verse 38. Could you? Should you? Would you? Teach? Could you? Should you? Would you? Give liberally? Emmy looked at me this morning and said I was Dr. Seuss. Could you? Should you? Would you? Pray hard? Could you, should you, would you lead with diligence? Could you, should you, would you show mercy? Could you, should you, would you be cheerful? I don't want you to regret one more day of living on this earth. I want you to stand in front of God on the day of judgment in order, having everything ready. Remember, We are not alone, ever. And God will help us do the work that's needed. Stop living with regret. Stop living with the coulda, shoulda, wouldas and get busy, fountainhead. Now, could you put Christ on in baptism today? Yes. Could you? Yes, the water's the water's been provided for you. Should you? I don't know. Let's talk. Would you walk down the aisle? This is your invitation. This is your invitation to do so. Make sure of your salvation. No regrets. No coulda, shoulda, wouldas. If you could, and know you should. If you would, come right now. As together we